With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the weekend, there is John Gibbons, and I'm joined by Kiva O'Neill, by Kevin Walsh, and by Paul Senior. And it's an action-packed show. Part one, we're going to be talking about the international break and connotations for Liverpool and Liverpool players. Part two, we've got 10 minutes of our exclusive interview with Kevin Keegan that took place this week. So if you haven't heard that yet, you've got a 10-minute clip coming up soon. In part three, we're going to be talking about the Talk Tonight gig, which is a big big concert taking place in a couple of weeks time um, in Ada Paul's place and James place but more of that to come part four we're going to be talking to Andy Kelly about the Liverpool Academy and then part five you're going to have all the guys back in the room talking about the Huddersfield and looking forward to what we do to approach that game so loads and loads to come but two weeks off senior what have you been up to? What haven't I been up to John? <laughs> no, 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 to be fair not a lot uh, yeah it's not. I don't, I don't particularly enjoy uh, international breaks it, it feels like something missing from my life all the time and I'm just looking forward to the weekend and have me weekend filled again like me missing what are we doing at the weekend well I'm going to Huddersfield and all that <laughs> <laughs> um, at the time it felt like it wasn't a, a bad time for an international break I'd say Kev you know you never really want them because you know we just want to watch footy all the time but Liverpool was starting to look a bit tired it was a tell, it was a hell of a run wasn't it and you know they were the kind of games where you've got to put everything into you know there was no coasting and so you know it's not been a, a a break for all the players they've, they've been playing international football but a few of them will have had two weeks off a few of them and notably international managers have, have took it a bit easy on them and generally speaking I'm looking to forward to seeing Liverpool back ready to go at the weekend yeah definitely the likes of James Milner as well who's yeah. been injured you know I mean? it's a good perfect time for him wasn't it got two weeks two weeks of no missing him and he can have the two weeks worth of rest Good old Red Ron helped us out with Van Dyke, didn't yeah. he? He's uh, given one of the games off, which is another bonus. But yeah, we, we looked a little bit leggy, didn't we, towards the end of that last little run of games? We didn't, I think it was we, no wins in four or something like that, which was mad to say we're still top of the league when we're doing it. But I think we'll be all right once we come back a little bit, firing all cylinders. Plus, we've got the other players to come back and who've come back from international duty but haven't played for Liverpool yet. So we, we're in a good position, I'd say. Yeah, there's a few injuries, Kiva. Um, the Mo Salah one, the, the, I don't know, it just. He went off. On, he, he scored from a corner, so that's quite cool. That was amazing. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Uh, and then he went off on the 88th minute, missed the last game. It doesn't seem too serious, doesn't it? There's even a few suggestions from conspiracy theorists online that it was maybe to miss the second game and maybe they've been a bit careful with him. I'm not one to speculate on that, but I would say that you know, even if he misses the Huddersfield game, he should. You know, it's not a long term thing. I don't feel like any of them are really injured. I'm okay, not, well, she's I, going for it. I'm, I'm not letting it. <laughs> oh, I'm just not letting it um, <laughs> sink in anyway. I'm just kind of thinking oh, they've been rested, haven't they? Hopefully, obviously, Manny's broke his thumb. I think I think Kaiser seems the worst out of the three, doesn't it? I would say that that's one where I'm actually going. I reckon he might miss a little bit of time. Yeah, but I'm blocking it out. I'm just not thinking about it until his name isn't on the team sheet. Then I think with Kaiser, it, it might be a perfect. If he has, if he has got injured, it feels like it might be a little bit of a perfect time to maybe lift the weight off his shoulders, don't you? Reckon he's because people are already starting to say, "Well, what, what does he actually do?" There's, he hasn't. There's he hasn't a bit of momentum with that, isn't there? Exactly. I do agree. There's quite a few saying that, so I think maybe if he does miss a game or two games, listen, but we we shouldn't need our fullest team to beat the next two opponents, and if we can get him back for the the runner games after that then yeah maybe or I suppose the, the converse to that is well if you're going to play him and you want to get him back into form play him against Huddersfield and play him against Cardiff but you can run by it but 
I reckon a little rest might do him good. But, but it could be one, one person's negative is someone's positive. And you think about Fabinho, these are games where it could present opportunity for him to finally get some minutes for Liverpool with in not such a pressure environment either. You know, don't get me wrong, these these next three games I must I must win. But there are also games where you think you could blood a bit of talent. You see Adam Milana coming back, there's opportunities for lads to get minutes. That might not necessarily if we were having a similar run to what we've just had. And I think I think that's a good opportunity for these boys to go and to go and give an account of themselves with not so much weight and expectation on their shoulders. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a fair point, isn't it, Kiva, in that, you know, even if there are a few injuries, the, the whole point of bolting the squad over the summer was to was to kind of cope with situations like this. There's a there's a lot of games coming up now. Um I think it's six games till the next international break, four league ones, and then and then the kind of two legged affair, if you like, almost with, with Red Star and we're going to need the squad anyway, whether there's injuries or it's just fatigue or it's just a bit of form. We're going to need the squad, but we're in good. We're good, Nick. I mean, Alana, you know, we haven't even seen seen much of it of, of at all yet. But hopefully, this this two weeks has been a period where he's been able to maybe get a bit of sharpness. Yeah, and as you say, John, I think the sort of the international breaks come at the right time, and because we've got a big squad compared to seasons before, it feels like it's not really going to. That's why I don't believe they're really injured because I'm just kind of like, but we've got players, haven't we? We've got loads of, <laughs> got loads of players, so we'll, I think we'll be all right. And that sort of helps as well because we're going to play people fight scrapping for relegation and it's not quite the scrap yet. So I think they're just kind of going to be like, right, well, Huddersfield will be like, we'll, we'll try and get something. And then once we score, they're just going to put the heads down. Same with Fulham and same with Cardiff, I think, as well. Um, and then we've got the games against Red Star. So I feel like this is going to be... A, a nice period to come out of that crazy hectic one, which we didn't do too bad at all in. Yeah. And then we've had this nice little break. Hopefully the players are coming back into a nice little bit of fitness and the ones that are injured, you know, <laughs> will, won't be won't be to the extent that we think. Um so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this and I've really enjoyed that international break because I feel like every season you sort of think, can I be as emotionally invested in Liverpool as I was last year? And it just gets like higher and higher, the level of emotion. <laughs> it's going to get worse. I know. So I'm just like, I've really enjoyed that. Just a little breather. I feel just, like you might yeah. pop if we actually win the league. Like literally, you know, just, just explodes. Explode. But I'm happy. Do you know, even, even with work and stuff, you sort of been doing some forward planning and you look at last year and you go, see what, April and May were good, weren't they? And you go, what, what, was, what was so good about April and May? <laughs> and it's honestly, it's, it's Liverpool. Champions why, League yeah, nights. Yeah, we've got what, strong social media game, haven't you, mate? Well, well yeah. <laughs> but even, but even so, like you think, well, what would it be like this year if it was a genuine fight to the death for the league? Because we remember thirteen, fourteen, and that was absolute chaos. And you just think that if if Liverpool can now kick on from, you know, I don't think we've been great this season. And I'll sort of not, not make any ex- apologies for saying that. But like, I th- what about if now we actually click into the team that was playing them games and? March, April, May, and we start having performances like the ones we've seen against Roma or Manchester City in the league, Manchester City in the Champions League. Are these what 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 can we achieve if Liverpool actually click? And I think I think now now these next couple of games could actually shape that because there's lads are of confidence and these are they're not whipping boys that we're playing because they're, they're in the Premier League in their own right and it's the best league in the world. But these are the teams that we can we can if Liverpool click really put them under some serious pressure and potentially score a big amount of goals. Yeah, that's got to be the the aim, hasn't it, Kev? Of, of these next few games, not just to win them, but it, but to start looking like more like the attacking threat that we did last time. And 
you know, that's that's what we all want to see. That's what we're expecting to see sooner rather than later. If it could be sooner, that would be great. And if I'm Mo Salah, if I'm Sadio Mane, if I'm Firmino, I'm itching to get onto these games. I'm I'm jumping off the plane and saying, don't worry about me, boss. I've got a broken finger, that's sound. I'll just kick it in loads. Give it a thumbs up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely they're the ones the players want to get involved in. But by the same token, I'm I'm not overly bothered whether we get it, whether we be clicking to gear or three points a game wins you the league you know what I mean it's two and a half points eventually a you're a, you're a, we I, need to we know what we're going to do but you can you can put too much pressure on thinking right these two sides are absolutely rubbish let's get out there and give them the items they deserve but then sometimes it goes the other way doesn't it sometimes your game doesn't click in until you play somebody who gives you that challenge where you need to perform at that top level so the Man City game was a, a perfect taking points because we, we played really well but we played really well to deal with the threat that they were offering and trying to work around the containment game of us, which listen, it's not it's not sexy, it's not what you want to watch on the pitch. But I think that was a better performance than maybe some of the other ones we've had this season. We just didn't get a result in the game. In the end, we were lucky not to lose, to be fair, with the penalty. But these two games, as long as we get six points <clears throat> and then you can start looking again at go again, you just know if we do get another six points, that's a catalyst in itself to at some point, right? That's it. Someone's getting a real idea. here. Let's put our foot down and, and go through with it. I might well happen this weekend. Huddersfield could be on the end of the real spanking, but a one 0 win, I'll take. To be fair, the only, my only concern with it, John, is is that we're all looking at these as the opportunity to get back to yeah. our best and go and give people real hidings. And I mean, that really takes the pressure off off the opposition as well for me. And that's my only little concern is that everyone's going right. This this block of games now, Liverpool are going to go and win win four games on the bounce, mm-hmm. and we're going to come out of it flying. I mean. The other teams are one are gonna want to put an account up of themselves. R five, or just feel that I always get worried by R fives. I don't know if it's just me where you go, especially away from home. I remember Arsenal going to Watford last season and everyone was talking about oh, what are Arsenal gonna do to Watford because they were in such poor form and Watford tonked them. Yeah. You know, and my 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 concern is obviously Huddersfield look very very blunt and very poor at the moment, but they're gonna to wanna to put a performance on because there's no pressure on them to get anything. It's a, it's a free hit for them. You know, to just go and and mix it up a little bit, have a go. So we've we've still got to be focused enough to go and actually go and get them points. You know, there there's there's four games there which I think we have to win all four of. Because if not, I would say dropping points in any of them is a disaster. Did you watch any of the international football, Kiva? Did you see any? And Harry Wilson scored a nice free kick. Yeah, that was Twitter told me. <laughs> Twitter told me as well. Um, yeah, I watched a bit of it, bits and bobs, but I just tried to switch off and just enjoy. Enjoyed my time without having to worry about Liverpool and I was kind of keeping my eye on the players that, you know, might get injured and stuff, but no, it was... Did anyone, anyone see any of it? I, you know, it's for, I mean, I, I know everyone says they don't understand this new tournament and when people often more than usually say stuff like that, oh, I don't get it, they normally do. I really, really don't get it. Honest to God, I, haven't got a, I literally haven't got a clue. I didn't realise they weren't friendlies until... Who did England play before Spain? Did they play before Spain? Croatia. Yeah. I didn't even realise that was a proper like a proper game. It's like you have to like qualify to a qualifier. It's a qualifier to the Euros. So these, I think, this these these games at the term determine which group you get into to qualify for. Is it around season? Yeah, sort of helps that. Yeah, that makes it slightly more interesting. Because Wales have done quite well. That they they taught is they're going to be seeded too for the qualifying for the Euros. I think, but um. I see. I heard someone saying the other day, aren't Wales and Ireland in a lower? Is, is there not like a top league and a bottom league type of this league they? to qualify for the next league to qualify for the Euros? Oh, it's mad, fell off. 
That's bananas. That I know uh, Joe Gomez was boss for England to watch the yeah. second half. And, and Gibraltar. They won twice. Twice in a week. Ireland have only won one in a year. So Germany, I think. Yeah, so Gibraltar are better than Ireland. And Germany. There you go. That song, you'll never be the Irish. It's not true. Could Gibraltar have whacked them? Ireland's in a bit of a mess, aren't they? International football. So, yeah, but I mean, England going and getting a result in Spain, I know we're not. We're not massive England fans by any stretch of the imagination. Let's go freeing it up as well in the way yeah, they did in some of the football. Fifteen years. That's yeah. been. I, I, Joe, this this England side, I'm sort of relating with a little bit more. You know, they're a bit like no. They seem like some. seem like a good set of lads, don't yeah. they? You know, I remember yeah, you going. Lots of Harry Maguire. <laughs> I'll slab it. I'll slab it. Yeah. You made friends with worse lads than him and better done. I'm just, I'm looking at one of them right now. <laughs> The best thing about that game, by the way, as well, was Sergio Ramos scored in like the last kick of the game, basically with obviously his head. But um, yeah, and so he, he like the he arms, reeled away he? and was giving it the arms, and then it, the, the ref was just like, nah. And yeah, it was just running like, <laughs> back. Yeah, to great. be fair, the Eric Dyer tackle on Ramos was good as well. Wasn't yeah, it? That's, that's that's not a foul. That is, it. game's gone. Nah, the, game, the game has gone. <laughs> 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 now we're starting to talk like our dads. Yeah, like God. Okay, um, someone else to play for England is Kevin Keegan. Uh, he's coming off now. Isn't that exciting? It's the Reds bet insert. The Reds bet insert. We do encourage you to gamble responsibly, but if you do like a bet, and some of us do over weekend, then Reds bet's a good place to go because they get fifty percent of losses right back into fan causes so if you win that's great you keep the money but if you lose you know the 50% of Red's Bet's profits are going back into fan causes and they've written some pretty nice checks recently for things like um, converting the, the safe standing of shoes and stuff like that so, so look out for stories of things they've done there but in the meantime Paul we want to win some money so I'm going to throw you some um, Liverpool specials here and you're going to rate them uh, seniors out of five um, <laughs> Interestingly, Mo Salah to score 30 league goals or more uh, has now gone out to 5-1. to one. Do you think they're writing him off too early? I mean, Mo 30, can go on a run. 30 with... How many? 30 um, left. We played 30, eight. But he's got three, hasn't he's he? He's got three. So he's got to go 27 and 30. Yeah. Well, he was going up 1.1 a game last year. Was he, what did he give him yet? 5-1. Uh, to 5-1. to one. I mean, it's, probably, it's a tempter, it's, isn't it? It's worth a tender of anyone's money now, <laughs> I would say, John. Maybe even man. <laughs> Over the year, trying to get seniors' wallet. Um, okay, Liverpool to score 100 or more Premier League goals this season is 8-1. to one. 100, yes, I think we will score 100. I mean, we did that in 13-14, didn't we? I, mm-hmm. I think you've got to score 100 goals to win a, to win the title okay. or even be within a shout of winning the title in, in probably post twenty. To what, 12, 2013? Yeah. So uh, I would I would be doing that. What, what, what's that, John? Eight to one. Eight to one. We still we still scored a few goals already, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, uh, that would be a five balls out of five. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, I like this one. Uh, Liverpool to go the whole of the Premier League season unbeaten at home. Uh, that's the Premier League we've, we've played the toughest we've done we've game. done 19 is it 19 league games now is it, hard, is it 6 months or, as someone said it's half a season so I appreciate without, just without that. conceding without conceding no. yeah. um, that, that's a long time I yeah. mean the only thing is no one really looks likely even City I mean City City's out the way now isn't it right. so they would you'd imagine they were the biggest threat to that I, I mean, it's it's so easy just to concede something stupid, isn't it? That that wouldn't be one I'd be going going too liberally with. <laughs> but uh, I'll give it three three seniors out of 
five seniors. Is that, I'm saying that right. I've heard <laughs> Craig's and Glenn's. <laughs> seniors is a bit more difficult. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a terrible tease with these. I'm a rating flirt. Um, okay, I'm looking ahead to the weekend. Not just bets, John. Not just bets. <laughs> I'm looking ahead to the to the weekend's action as well. Uh, I think all of us tipped Daniel Sturridge to start this game. Um, so I'll, I'll focus on the Daniel Sturridge one. It's Sturridge to score and Liverpool to win 2 0, 2 1, or 3 1. Um, they're offering five to one on that. My issue's the one. Okay. Yeah. So so and two nil. Do you think that's possible? Or do you two like, two nil, maybe. Um, but yeah, if I don't, I don't see Huddersfield scoring. Okay. Um, so so maybe less 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 polls out of five for that. Um, one poll out of five. <laughs> there's absolutely loads of Liverpool specials. Listen, or either on the the season as a whole, or also this game. Um, you've got Allison to save a penalty. You've got Van Dijk to score a header. Lots and lots of different ones like that. So there'll be something that takes you fancy. Go to RedsBet.com. As I say, if you do like a flutter, if you do like a little bet on the footy of the weekend, RedsBet is a great place to go. But if it's not for you, that's fine. And as always, we encourage you to gamble aware and gamble respons- responsibly. And there's information on, on, online that can help you with that uh, yeah cheers to Paul and back to the action Hiya it's John Gibbons I'm with Neil Atkinson and Hello. we're here to talk about Kevin Keegan's got a new book out it's astonishing to be honest <laughs> with you I mean there are a few there are, there are a few more interesting people in English football uh, in English football history really than Kevin Keegan I've always sort of been you know he's got a, a mythology around him which is just spectacular to be honest with you and the idea he's done a full book um, which explains sort of who he is and what he's about and and what I've always liked about Keegan, you sort of got the impression, is that he's a man who's very much, a man who's very much in touch with him, with himself, with his emotions, yeah. with his, you know, he's, he's, he's he, it's not just the idea of, you know, the cliched thing of when he was at Newcastle, but, you know, there's some fantastic stories of him with Shankly and being presented something by Shankly, a sword, and then handing it back to Shankly. And the idea of getting all of that would, you know, him going through all of that with you on a personal level would just be just be astonishing, really. And you, the other thing is, he loves football. Yeah, he does love football, and that really comes across. And he loves Shankly as well. He actually dedicates the, the book to Shankly, and that's really nice. The book's called My Life in Football. It is out on Audible now, so the audio book is out. It came out this week, and it's been very well received. And also, you might have seen a few bits of it serialised, if you, if you, certainly if you're in the UK. And I think what's quite nice is, obviously, you know, you've, you forget kind of the, the the places that he came from, Keegan, and I think that that's something that comes across really well in the Liverpool chapters. And um, and I've just been listening to the Liverpool chapters and the great and the stuff around. Obviously, the the idea of someone signing from Scunthorpe now and, and yeah. going to Liverpool now seems ridiculous, but even at the time was was remarkable in that he talks about his first. He scores on his debut, of course he does because he's brilliant. But he says he got hold of the program recently, and he's not even in it. Yeah, yeah. Like he's not he's not listed as as, as a as a Liverpool well, player because everyone was like, "Oh, don't worry about him." I was talking to my dad recently about Fabinho, and he said, and he was saying, "Well, this is what we used to do. He said, this is what we used to do was just lads to just you'd sign them, and then you would never hear anything about yeah, them for yeah. three months at least." And he said, and there was there was only really two major exceptions. That one was Kenny Dalglish, and the other was Kevin Keegan, where we bought him, and then a week later he was playing, and everyone yeah. was like, "Who's this lad? What's this about? How's this happened?" Yeah. Because you can do the thing of, "Oh yeah, well you know, it's, it was a different time then." But the idea that Liverpool bought someone and he just played straight away was it was like you say he's not even in the program it was like people go what's this all about and so it's worth remembering that it's worth remembering that in many ways 
sometimes different times are different in different ways than you think if you yeah. sort of see what I mean and that's one of the ways in which this is different yeah you know the idea of Liverpool buying someone from Scunthorpe all right yeah might have happened normally that lad would go and disappear off and work with Roy Evans for six months or well, something I think that was as you say what was expected of him and, and that's one of the things that come across in, in the audiobook and, and listening to it is, is how much he backs himself so even though so he signed from Scunthorpe and he's like that's mad <laughs> but he still manages to um negotiates his contract up. Yeah. So he still manages to go, oh, I was expecting a bit more than that. Like he's a man who very much knows his worth, even though he's going from, a, you know, I mean, any of us signing for Liverpool, you just you just sign whatever in front of you, don't you? But he, but he manages to negotiate, oh, I was expecting a bit more than that. And the, the Scunthorpe chairman's kicking him under the table and, and kind of stuff like that. And, you know, but but he's he's been like that throughout his career and that's why obviously he ends up moving to Germany and, and, and the stuff like that and, and around Newcastle. And it's all in there. It's the, his whole career. But, you know, I, I love listening to the Liverpool chapters I haven't listened to the other stuff yet and I'm going to get into it but it is available on Audible now there's another really good story I like which shows the difference between kind of going from Scunthorpe is that uh, he's, he's making his debut and he's told to there there for two o'clock so the day before he goes I'll see how far it is so he drives to the ground and it takes him 15 minutes and he's like right and so the day of the game he leaves a quarter to two <laughs> and then struggles yeah struggles to get there and then he's, he's got he's in this altercation with the policeman trying to get through the barricade and say I play for Liverpool and the policeman says yeah so do I I to get changed the courts to free and go up <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that and it's, and it's really nice and so but yeah uh, do download it I mean Keegan he's, he's one of the biggest names in British football as Neil very eloquently said at the start it's available now and yeah I'm I'm reading it enjoying getting stuck in and enjoying listening to the rest so yeah get to it uh, Audible, do download the audiobook and yeah, enjoy Kevin Keegan because he's someone we should all enjoy. So there it was on Monday, man of my own business. I got a phone call that number didn't recognise, it's Kevin Keegan. And he says, John, do you fancy coming to my house, cup of tea, have a chat about footy? So how can you turn something like that down? We end up chatting for about 45 minutes all about his career as a whole, but mainly obviously about his time at Liverpool. It's all to promote his new book that you've just heard about. And so, yeah, here's about 10 minutes of it. If you do enjoy it, then the full thing's on Torplay, which is our subscription service. So, yeah, you can check out more of that at theamphiovap.com. But in the meantime, here's 10 minutes of me, chatting to Kevin Keegan in his house. It does happen for you. Liverpool come in. What I find fascinating in the book, and it's a theme throughout it, is that how how often you you, you back yourself and you and you back your you, not your talent, just your talent, but also your worth. And so in those, I found it remarkable and 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 nice, a good thing. But in the in the very first negotiations with Liverpool, if most people in your position would just sign whatever was put in front of them but you actually said oh, I was expecting a bit more than that well that's because my dad my dad was a miner and his, his last words to me as I got in the car to go with Ron Ashman the manager and um, to drive over the Pennines it was Woodhead in those days and no motorway um, my dad just said to me son don't sell yourself cheap and it sort of stuck in my mind so when I got to meet Bill Shankly eventually obviously I sat on a dustbin to start with because um, the new stand which they've just knocked down for the now newsstand, was about to be opened and they weren't quite ready to move in. So there was the old development office where I met Bill Shankly and he was in with someone. So I sat on a dustbin outside while we waited to go round the corner to the street that's just been knocked down uh, for the newsstand yeah. uh, to see doc the doctor, uh, Dr. Reed, I think it was, uh, for the medical. So, uh, yeah, it was... It was um, 
when we came, I passed my medical, obviously, and and then he, I remember Shank saying to me as we were, were stripping off, he said, have, have you ever thought of being a boxer, son? You know, because <laughs> he, he loved boxing. Yeah. He, he loved boxing, he loved gangsters. Yeah. They were the two things. I don't know why he loved gangsters, <laughs> but we won't go there. But he was, a, you know, he always a bit James Cagney-type character in a nice way. And um, so, yeah, I mean... He then offered me, I think it was something like um, 25, 27 quid, can't remember exactly. And I was on about 18 at Scunthorpe, which was a good wage. And I just thought, when he offered it me, he said, what's up, son? You look disappointed. And I said, well, I thought I'm, I'm on that same money at, at Scunthorpe, which was a complete non-truth <laughs> i could see ron ashman the manager of scumthorpe looking at me as if to say oh you there's nobody on that sort of money <laughs> and he offered me another an, another five five pounds and i you know obviously I snapped his hand off and that was the the beginning of a, a wonderful relationship with with bill shankley and you know every play you'll talk to from that era had a, their own special relationship with him and, and i think i i had mine because um he was minor his dad was a miner. All his brothers were miners. He was born in Glenbrook, a mining village. And he saw me as being a bit like him. So um, he, he was always great with me. I mean, when he left the club, I, I said at the time, when I left eventually in 77, even though I loved Bob Paisley the bits, the club was never the same for me once Bill Shankly left. It, you know, Bob could inspire me, don't get me wrong, but Bill took me to another level, Bill Shankly, and, and um, got something out of me I, I never even knew I had. So um, I meant no sort of apologies for saying that when when he retired half of me went with him and was he the first person to tell you that you were going to play for england yeah after about two days training he just come put his arm around me bearing in mind that i signed on the monday of cup final week so yeah. they're about to go to wembley to play arsenal they would get beat 2-1 they took me as a guest and i watched it and watching it you know i thought you know there's a place for me in that team there's a place for someone like me because they yeah. didn't have a player like me uh, my style of play so um that was quite a, a good thing a positive thing for me to go and watch them live obviously they were disappointed that they got beat and then um they went on a tour um bill shankly didn't come with us but we went we went and played in um a game in Aarhus in in norway and two games in in sweden sundsvall and lulia and uh they never went dark. It was the time of year where it's like 24 hours a day, which was a bit strange. Hmm. And that's where I got to play. And I, I won a couple of man of the matches in that, even though I just joined the club. And the reason I got to play was two or three of the lads had been called up for England. So they decided to send two or three lads and I was one of them. And uh, yeah, that was probably a, a really good thing. A bit lucky that if there'd been no players in the England squad, I probably wouldn't have gone. I got to play with Ron Yates once there. Uh, obviously, Callie played, and uh, a guy called Bobby Graham, uh, Tommy Lawrence, and Clem were there. Uh, Smithy and, and Chris Lawler, all the ones who weren't in the England squad, uh, were there. So um, that was a end of the season tour, and then we had a break, and I could wait to get back. Yeah, I mean that's a, another example that comes out of the book. I think of you backing yourself in that. You mentioned that cup final. And you say a few people say to you, "Oh, you do well, go in the reserves for a while, and then you'll get in the team." Yeah. And, and you're thinking. Well, I, no, I fancy myself to get straight in, and you do, don't you? The first game of the season, you you, you start in your front. Yeah, I do, but it, it was just a complete bit of luck, you know. Um, the, the, they'd gone on tour, the first team, to played Ajax, I think, someone in Holland anyway, Utrecht or Ajax, can't remember. They definitely played Hamburg because it was a team I would join. Mm. 
And then they came back having not scored uh, many goals and not done so well. And I played uh, for Ronnie Moran, who was taking the reserves at the time. Um, I played at uh, New Brighton and Southport. And I'd scored a few uh, goals in the games, played quite well. And I think Ronnie Moran must have said to Bill Shankly, you want to give this kid a, th- and a, ch- a chance because he's got something. And um, they used to have a practice match on a Wednesday red shirts against whites and um bob used to throw the shirts out then because he was assistant manager and he he threw me this red shirt and then one of the young lads saying you're in the first team here and we <laughs> played against the white shirts which was the reserves i played against roy evans no way. yeah <laughs> i played against roy and uh, i think we scored four or five goals in about 20 minutes toshi got a couple i got a couple and and then of course thursday came we trained and the lads, I was knocking around with the young lads, kept saying, you'll be, you'll be in the first team Saturday. And I thought, never even played on the pitch. But uh, sure enough, when the when the team went up on a Friday, um, in those days, the older supporters remember, if you didn't play first team, you, your reserves played the same day away from home. Uh, they were playing at Aston Villa uh, reserves. And I thought I'd be in that. And, of course, the team goes up and I'm in. So that was just... just just incredible, you know. I've never, never been. To, I've been to Anfield, obviously, but I'd never played on it. Well, there's, there's the story you tell in the book that you, you're not even in the program. You're not even kind of mentioned, and I'm not even in the team photo because they they, <laughs> they, they, they come and shot the team photo again on the Monday. There's, I'm just doing a thing now for. Uh, I'm doing a presentation on Liverpool in Sweden, and I, I, there was two photos. I didn't realise I looked back. There was they'd done one uh, the the week before they went on tour. Of course, I wasn't involved. And then they did one uh, the day after uh, we came back to training on the Tuesday of, after the Nottingham Forest game. Because I'd scored and that and in the team, yeah. I think they thought, you bet, we better do one with this kid in. Because <laughs> they used to stick insets in before that. If you look at the old pictures, if a player signed late, they'd put insets, just little, what they call little photos in the corner of players who joined late. But they decided to shoot another team photo. And luckily, down at Melwood, and, and I was on it. So, uh yeah, it was just just unbelievable. I, I, I had problems getting to the ground because uh, uh, I'd never been before. I, I'd set off a bit late because at Scunthorpe, you, you, you didn't get crowds. You know, I think mm. 3,000 would be a big crowd for us. So getting towards Liverpool, I lived in with Ray Clements in Liverpool 7 near the ice rink in Lily Road. And I drove down. I had, I had, I had forgot my pass and um, left it in, in the digs. And as the, I wound my window down, to, the guy with the yellow things said, "What you want, lad?" And <laughs> you can even said to him, "I'm playing today." <laughs> he, he said to me, "Yeah, so am I." He said, <laughs> and he, he just made me go into. I, I parked in Stanley Park, and and see, nobody knew me, so it didn't yeah. matter. You know, it, 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 it was, but it's true. You know, it, we started to go away after that a little bit, especially under Bob. We were one of the first teams to go away, and it's mainly to avoid that. You know, it got quite busy. Uh, we didn't have pre-match or anything. Mrs. Uh, Lindholm at my digs would make Ray Clements and myself a, a pre-match, you know, you know, all sorts. Then I suppose we would eat steak and all sorts as players did in those days. Mm. But yeah, only about a mile from the ground. Took about took about an hour to get there. Uh, but it probably helped, you know, because I, before I knew it, I was going, we didn't warm up out on the pitch in those days, so I just ran out in in front of a I don't know how many was there fifty. I'm going to guess 50-odd thousand, 47, 50,000, mm. whatever it was. And before I knew it, I was playing a game and 
scoring after 12 minutes, bobbling one in the cop end. It didn't do me any harm at all. You know, it got my nerves settled. But everyone says when they look back to that game, because I meet a lot of people now, you know, they went to that as the first, they can remember it as a game and saying, we didn't even know who you were. You know, we didn't, but when we started looking at the programme, you know, we'd heard a little bit, but there was nothing in the programme. Yeah. So, yeah, it was quite a surprise for everybody, not least myself, that I got, I got into the first team that quick. But the cop takes to you quite quickly. I think it's fair to say you get your name sung early, and yeah. I think it's obviously for your style of play as much as your quality that the, the cop kind of in, enjoys. For those of us who will never experience it, what's it like to have the cop sing your name when you hear it the first time? You're like, they're singing about me. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You just got to try and blank it out. Obviously, I mean, it's it's. You talk to a lot of players, they'll say, you know, what what's it like playing in front of fifty odd thousand at Anfield or six? six 60-odd thousand up, 70-odd thousand at Wembley. And you, you always got to say, really, you, you don't notice them. But at Anfield, you, you you did more than anywhere else. You know, obviously the cop, uh, when they sang, you know, it was very motivating. And it was, when we played at home, our home record in the six years I was there was unbelievable. I mean, I think we had a couple of seasons where we didn't lose a game, which, you know, does happen, but doesn't happen very often. Um, that's mainly because it was intimidating and unlike now, the football, we, we, used, we used to get at teams, you know, so teams knew that we were going to come at them for 90 minutes. It was none of this square passing them back, which the game's developed into now with the goalkeepers probably getting more touches than anyone. We last person we'd want to give the ball to was either Clem or Tommy Lawrence or Frankie Lay <laughs> if he played, because they weren't ever that good with the yeah. feet because they could pick it up in those days. Yeah. So, you know, the game's changed, but I, I still think the atmosphere that we played in front of, because people were standing, I guess, which is an, an, a massive topic uh, that they're still talking about, and, and at Liverpool in particular, uh, will never be welcome back. But just when people are standing, I think they're, they're more vo vocal, it, you know, and, and uh, obviously, I don't know, 26,500 in the cock. I mean, it's down to 13, we see, so it's half the size now. So you've got to imagine twice as many people and maybe a couple of thousand in the boys' pen up in the top corner getting in for 35 uh, Pence, old Pence, uh, which was the future supporters' place. I mean, they used to get loads in there. I don't know. Health and safety would never, never allow all these things now, and rightly so. But in those days, it, it's the way it was. It's John Gibbons for the Anfield Wrap. I'm now joined by a cast of thousands, actually, to talk about a gig that's going on in a couple of weeks' time. It's called Talk Tonight. Um, it's being organised by uh, a few of the guys who who with me and also in the benefit of two charities, Paul's Place and James Place. And I'm delighted to be joined by Agnes and Joe from Paul's Place and James from James Place. I'm glad I got that right. And also Chris Tittle and Kev Walsh, who uh, help and organise it. And that is the last time I will call him Chris Tittle because it's just <laughs> it's just too strange. It'll be Tizzer from now on, as he is known. And so I'll start with you first, uh, Kevin Tizzer. Why did you want to put this concert on? Um well, as, as a lot of people will know from seeing the advertising, one of well, a couple of the lads from the uh, from the match have recently taken their own lives through the struggles they've had. Obviously, Michael Woodburn's the most recent one, but Neil Hughes as well, not so long ago. Um, good friends to a lot of people, uh, popular lads around, around the match and away from the match as well. To be fair, um, the type of lads you you when when it happens, you think, oh my god, no one had, no one had an idea it was going on, and no one thought it could be, even be possible leave more questions in the wake of them dying than, that, than answers, unfortunately. So we thought we need, A, to raise, we thought originally to raise the funds to get Michael back because um, he died over in Norway, and then B, obviously, to bury him to help his mum. But fortunately enough, through the crowdfunding, we'd managed to cover that and, and more, to be fair, being a great reaction from people. So thank you, everyone, for that. 
Um, so once we'd done that, we thought we'd try and leave a little bit of a legacy for the lads um, <clears throat> by helping a couple of charities. So charities that are there for people in the darkest hours, which possibly if, if we can get a bit more exposure for them, can prevent this happening to someone else. And so, so why why a concert, Chris? Because obviously, there's been there's been a lot of ways to fundraise. You can just ask people to to kind of put money into a to an account, can't you? And I'm sure people, you know, would be very generous. But the idea of something being much more public is the idea behind that, just to, to kind of to get people to kind of I guess encourage to open up a little bit more. Um, yeah, exactly that. It was, and as Kev said, um, the the fun thing went just went ballistic. I think within the first twenty minutes, when we were sitting in Taggy's uh, hotel. We had a look and it was on over £3,000 and then that surpassed everything. We, so we thought, as Kev said, you know, what what legacy can we do and what, what way can we do it? And it's Liverpool, it's football, it's music. Yeah. Two things, you know, hand in hand in this city. So um, the concert thing come up and it was it, it started off from a... It, it's gone from a chippy tea in Taggy's house. <laughs> to, to, About a fortnight ago as well, to be fair. Yeah, to, to just... It's just snowballed, and we you know, again, you know, football, music, and Liverpool, and then you know we thought, well, what charities? What can you know? What can we the legacy be? What with the charities? And it didn't take us long to 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 find both charities. Although these uh, Paul's place was already dealing with Neil uh, Yozze, and then we looked into James' place as more of a prevention, and it it, it just it just felt right of uh, what we do, and then we come and meet these amazing people. And then it's just it's just snowballed from there. Yeah, so bring, to bring the charities in now, they are obviously charities focused in a similar area, but but quite different, aren't they? So I don't know if uh, Agnes and Joe first want to talk about what you guys do in particular and, and the work you do here in Liverpool. Paul's place came about uh, after we lost our son in two thousand and fifteen. Um, there was no service out there at all for anyone who'd lost someone to suicide. Um, we contacted Beacon Council and Trust which was established, but didn't offer this kind of service. But Cathy, who's the clinical lead there, she lost her, her own brother. At that time, it's 23 years pre previous. So she offered us help. Um, after we'd had a fundraising for our son, when would, would have been his 30th birthday, mm. the money we raised, we wanted to give it back to Beacon. And it was from that, that Cathy came up with the, well, she's, something she's always wanted to do. Um, she wanted to launch a service for people who'd lost someone by suicide. Hence, Paul's place, because a brother was called Paul and our son was called Paul. That's why it was named that way. And, I mean, just to kind of touch on Paul a little bit, because, I mean, I didn't realise the connection, but Paul, huge music fan himself, so something like this must be, and a musician, and I realised, you know, coming on, that we've got to be kind of mutual friends and stuff, and so, I, I, I'm sure you want to support the the night anyway, and you're glad. But it's a but it's a nice connection to Paul as well. That it that it's a music thing. It's the O2, and it's it's yeah. you know it's very bittersweet, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those. You know, Paul used to go to gigs there at the O2. And stuff. Yeah, I can't remember whether they ever played there. I don't know. Forgive <laughs> me on that, Paul. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's as I say, bittersweet. Even even yesterday, strangely enough, because you know I'm back and up like what Chris has been saying about you know. All the treats that are going on, everybody's doing their own little bit, you know, behind the scenes there, and we're all trying to keep abreast of what's going on. And I noticed there that Robbie Fowler had, you know, put something in, um, and straight away that just struck a chord with me because Paul had, Paul was a, an altar server. He <laughs> hate me for saying that when he was seven or eight. Um, he made a few bob that day. He was doing a christening, and it was, I'm sure it was, um, I think it was a Steve Harkness. I think it was. Yeah. 
as he got a little boy, or had a little boy, I think it was. It wasn't Jess, I know, but uh, Paul was actually helping the priest. We dropped him off and we went back and picked him up. And he wasn't interested. He had a few bob in his pockets and we thought, <laughs> oh, maybe she likes it with that. No, that didn't touch it. The main thing for Paul was he's actually met, met in basic commas, <laughs> Robbie Fowler. So yeah. that was his idol, you know. <laughs> um, and I did sort of pen something there on me on my page yesterday saying that was very bittersweet because we were the force. You know, yeah. 23 years down the line, there was that connection again with Paul, Robbie Fowler, and a few Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, to introduce James, please stand. It's a, it's a slightly different kind of focus, isn't it? But obviously, in the same in the same area. Yeah. So we are we're a new service in Liverpool. We sort of started. We opened our doors in August, um, and we provide sort of one to one therapy for men who are in a suicidal crisis. So James's place is the first of its kind in the country to sort of focus right in on men and men who are in, in that sort of crisis. Um, and uh, the James went with Stanley Memorial Fund, which was kind of the precursor to, to James, to James's place, was set up by two bereaved parents like Paul and Agnes, uh, Claire Milford Haven and Nick went with Stanley. And they lost their son, James, who was 21. Um, and like, like Paul and like yeah. Nick, Sorry, like John, <laughs> but, but, but like the men around here, those parents didn't think that this would ever be something that happened to them. You know, James was a happy, healthy young man who went into a very quick decline, became overwhelmed with sort of health anxieties and killed himself. Mm. Um, and what we are sort of focusing in on with the men that we see is what is it about that sort of sense of an overwhelming crisis that is putting these men at risk and how can we intervene and help them um, and i'm happy to say that at the moment we've got 16 men who are using our service we're on sort of our 27th referral now since we started in august so we've had sort of a fair few men come through um, and we're getting really good feedback from people who've used the service that, that it's been helpful, that they feel that they have got through the crisis and, and we've been able to sort of move them in a couple of cases to sort of further help, but in most cases to sort of being able to just get back to what they were doing and, and sort of crack on with their lives and, and having got over the crisis, move on and be the, be the strong for it in some ways because they've got through it. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the fact that these services are, are now in the city is obviously great. It, it's sad that they need to exist, but the fact that they do is, is necessary. And for a lot of us, I think we're looking for, I think I think men are starting to open up more, and I think that's a good thing. But I think with that becomes a sense of responsibility a little bit to our friends and things like that. And I've heard a lot of guys say to me recently, well, I, I, want, I want people to talk to me, but when they do, I don't necessarily know what to say. And yeah. I think... To maybe to get some of your thoughts on this, and I'm aware I'm putting you a little bit on the spot here, but in terms of, you know, what, what kind of things that can we say to our friends? What kind of things can we maybe look out for if they haven't said it? And, ju and just how can we, as, as lads really, and girls, I guess, kind of just look out for each other a little bit better? I mean, I think that probably all of us sitting around this table will have looked back on somebody that we've lost because it's something that's happened to everybody around here. And you will think, well, I kind of knew that they were struggling, but I didn't realise that they were struggling to the extent that they were going to take their lives. I knew that there was something going on, but I didn't quite know what. Um, and for me, it is the having the understanding and, and the confidence that you can say directly to somebody, look, I'm really worried about you, mate. Are you thinking of ending your life? Have you been thinking about killing yourself? And for the most part, the answer to that question will, will sort of, probably take them back a bit yeah and they'll say 
yeah, things are a bit tough at the moment, but no, I'm not. And then you can say, well, what's going on and how can I help and what can we do? And you might be able to get them to, you know, to talk to other people or to, to think about some of the problems that they're having. But for some people, they might go, actually, yes, I am. You know, they, I have been having those thoughts. I have been thinking about killing myself. And at that point, you can say, well, have you spoken to your GP? Have you told anybody else? Have you, you know, why are you thinking of this? What can I do to help? And having that confidence to ask that question, saying the word suicide to somebody will not put the thought into their head. It will not make that problem worse. It will start them on the tr- on the road to the solution. You know, it, it does the opposite of what people are scared about. Okay. Um, you know, it opens up that door to, to somebody to be able to say, well, yeah, and then you can you can take the next step. And that next step might be throwing somebody in your car and taking them to A&E, or it might be helping them to make an appointment with their GP, you know, depending on what the next answer is. You know, are you thinking of it now? Have you have you done something already? Mm. You know, but there's, um, there's a really sort of good training resource that's been produced here in Liverpool that was sort of produced as part of the Zero Suicide Alliance uh, by Mersey Care, which is the big mental health trust here. And the training is called CSA Signposts. And it's a 20 minutes of online training resource. And it just talks you through how you can have that conversation with a mate or with a colleague or in a workplace situation. And just, ha- you know, and it's, it is, it's having the confidence to ask the question. And once you've asked it once, you can ask it again because you realise that the response isn't, isn't the kind of the bombshell yeah. that, you, that you're worried about. Lads, we're obviously hoping to raise a huge amount of money to do these fantastic charities, but it's all also about just letting people know that they're there. And I think that's something that 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 I that I think is really key is that is that you know when people think oh I can phone the Samaritans or whatever, but it might seem a little bit distant or faceless. There's these fantastic charities, isn't it? Is it kind of right on our doorstep and. We all hope we never have to use them, but if we do, then then they are there, and and you know they need shouting about. Yeah, one hundred percent. A thing that struck us is when we tried to you know we pick a charity, and what we're gonna the, the search for the charity was quite quick because there's there's not that much out there as well. Mm. There's and the, the more we've met with with, with um, these two charities, I'm astonished of the lack of help for for, for mental health. It, it's 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 well we're, we're flabbergasted by it to be mm. honest. I mean, we spoke with Jay maybe and changed it to us about doing a bit of training for ourselves amongst the lads. And a good few of us have said, yeah, I know we, we, we really, we really want it. We really, it needs speaking about now that it's, this, the past few weeks for us to say has opened our eyes would be a massive understatement. And the amount of people who are touched by it and, and said the, the, the lack of resources for it is, is just unbelievable. And, you know, I think what is really shocking is that when when you guys go to a match, which used to be at Saturday at three o'clock, we had a laugh about that. It never <laughs> yeah, is anymore. Them days. Is that you look around that stadium and the, the thing that is most likely to kill the men in that stadium is suicide, is themselves, mm. not car crashes, not you know, you know, not violence by other people, but themselves. Just the distress and, and the, you know that is the number one killer of the men at Anfield and the men on the pitch as well. You know, because you are the you know, the yeah. highest risk group. It's the number one killer of men was under it, the think, age of forty five. Eighty eighty four people a week, something yeah, like that. You men, men a week, week. sorry, yeah. yeah. yeah across, across the UK. And as again, I'm it, it's the, the the lack of help out there is is just as sad as as, as the events of someone doing it. it it's it's unbelievable. And and I think, sorry, Chris, you know, I think another important fact on that when you say eighty four men a week is that. People who have lost somebody to suicide. Oh, 
more likely to either have an attempt or to actually go through and take their own life. So, you know, you you do the maths on that and you work that out. And yet, there's no government or NHS funding in what we're doing. I say, I really can't believe the the, the lack of help for it. It's been, it's, it's, that's why it's pushed through us. I don't care, me and Kev had the conversation we'd really love to do to accept any sort of training of it and if we could play a small, small part in any of it we're, we're more than happy yeah. to 100 the thing is the thing is as well it's sad that it's taken something like this to get us to, yeah. to actually go exactly. hopefully we can make make a, a small silver line over a, a terrible dark cloud that we experienced but it's sad that it's we're only going to get involved in this now unfortunately because two, two lads who we know have been in that situation we've lost them now hopefully going forward if we can do something, but do something positive and help somebody to. Even if it's, if it's one person, that's it's one person. It's more than enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If we can do something, so we can get into a position whereby we can help somebody. Say to the mate, ask that question. I believe it or not, we've only been speaking with this a couple of weeks, and I, I told somebody that that advice about asking somebody with the suicide. I told somebody I, I used that yesterday. Yeah. I spoke to somebody, yeah. but I had no idea about that. And so it was you that just yeah. told me about it not long ago. And I was speaking to someone who's talking to someone who's in a bit of a crisis, and I said, listen. Do you think? And he said, "Yeah, I do." I said, "Well, you need to ask him the question." Then I said, and he went, "Wow, well, I And I basically the explanation you've just given there, I give to him, and he's asked him, and it, it, we seem hopefully we're moving along with that now. So, but that's that's me in what a month since Michael died. I've already hopefully we've helped someone with that, so we can take this now further forward, and we can we exactly we can develop it. We can we can get young fellas to listen. Let's make something else. The number one cause was dying. Do you know what I mean? Just, it doesn't have to be ourselves. One of the problems with men is, you know, if you turn around, if you turned up at the match with your arm in a sling or something, the lads would be going, Oh, what have you done? Mm-hmm. They'll still take the mickey out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you'll yeah. be looking and saying, Oh, what happened there? You know, what? tell us about it. When you go there and you're not feeling right, you know, in your head, they don't know. So yeah. you won't ask about that. And, and we do need to do it. We need to talk to each other and we need to sort of, you know, get that, 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 that question out there is, Are you feeling okay? Because we all have mental health. You can have good mental health and you can have bad mental health. So we all need we need to start talking more like I think girls do. Yeah. They will talk to each other about it. We'll much more interested in the match or, you know, something else. But well in most cases just avoiding it all together, you know. Yeah, well that's the case it. for fellas, isn't it? That is the case we can laugh about it. You just need to, to, to do that and as you say, ask that question. Well, talk tonight is on the 2nd of November. It's at the O2 Academy in Liverpool. It's been headlined by Louis Berry. Huge thanks to Louis for, for jumping in and, and doing that. I know he's very busy at the moment, but we've also got the Peach Fuzz, Jamie Webster, Tim O'Tony, the shipbuilders, and Kieran Molyneux. It's going to be an absolutely brilliant night. It's, it's a night in memory of Mick, Mick Woodburn and Neil Yoza Hughes, but also for all the reasons that everyone has um, beautifully articulated around the room. So thanks a lot for everyone to coming in. Uh, we're going to be hopefully talking a little, a little bit more about this next week, but get your tickets, see tickets.com. See, you've been absolutely brilliant as well so thanks to them so yeah thanks to the guys and uh, back in a sec back on the weekend with John Gibbons and with Andy Kelly who is our brand new host if you like well newish host of, uh, of the one shiny still <laughs> <laughs> of the ones to watch podcast which is all about what's going on with the teams outside of the, of the first team it's right to say Andy so um, well on the men's side anyway so 23s 18s but also I'm going to look at some of these players out on loan because that's almost a team in itself now, isn't it? And it's managed that way. Yeah, absolutely. And they, you know, they have a specific uh, loan manager at Liverpool who, who you know keeps his eye on everything that's happened out there. And of course, 
to a certain extent, the, the the young Liverpool player who's been making all the headlines doesn't even play for Liverpool, does he? You know, it's Harry Wilson, and uh, obviously we've seen uh, you know the last few weeks. You know, he's making a real name for himself at Derby. Obviously, he's got a big chance there of being in a sort of championship promotion chasing side. Um, and you know, who knows? He might even be in a in a side that gets promotion and ends up in sort of in the Premier League. You know, but outside outside Liverpool, so uh, it'd be interesting to see how that develops. You know, his uh, his free kicks are really making a name for himself, aren't they? Yeah, he seems to be a lad who's really enjoying his football at the moment as well, and that's nice, isn't it? Because sometimes with these young players, especially with the loan system, they can get a little bit lost and they can be sent somewhere in it and it not work out. And that's happened to a couple of others who maybe we'll come on to now. But for Harry Wilson, you know, he's scoring for club and country. He seems to be quite key parts of both teams now. Um, you know, his, his confidence is on the up, his, his, his reputation's on the up, and that's going to be only good news for him, whatever happens at Liverpool. Good, yeah, good news for him, good news for Liverpool, but he's an excellent example of, of coming back as well, John, because he had a really bad loan that didn't work out for him at Crewe a couple of years back. You know, Crewe were a side that got relegated from uh, from League One that season, so, you know, a, a pretty poor Crewe team, and Harry Wilson couldn't get in it. Yeah. And now he's scoring goals at international level, from 30 yards uh, and you know scoring screamers uh, at Old Trafford for, for Derby in the, in the Carabao Cup and uh, it just I think it's an excellent example of a young player where he's had obstacles in his way he, he you know missed almost a year of football uh, just after that bad loan spell and he's come back uh, kept his mentality strong and he's shown everyone that he's got uh, superb ability and you know a wand of a left foot which you know you and I have been talking about for several years together <laughs> mate, haven't we? Oh, we have um, that's alone going well for him not too well for Ben Woodburn which is a little bit of a shame uh, his career seems to have stalled a little bit somewhat I mean it's it's a lot of it's down to luck and I think Sheffield United are maybe doing better than they even expected the top of the league top of the championship I think at the moment certainly where recently and Although we all want to see Ben Woodburn get games, if you're Sheffield United manager, it's your job to to do as well as possible. And if he's got a winning team, he's not going to change it just because it suits Liverpool. No, I mean, Liverpool obviously have certain clauses about playing time in there and it, it'll cost Sheffield Wednesday a few quid not to play him, uh, or Sheffield United, sorry, because, um, you know, Liverpool um, will ask them for someone because they want their players getting experience yeah. and everything else. But if you're the Sheffield United manager, you know, you're picking your team to do a job. They're doing a job. Ben Woodburn's got to show he's good enough to be in that team. He's had a little bit of game time, mainly off the bench. Um, but he doesn't have to look very far for an inspiration and send that this can turn around very quickly, you know. And a fellow, you know, Welsh uh, lad in Harry Wilson shows that, you know, you can have a loan that doesn't quite work out and come back and and still, you know, take another step in your career. And there's plenty of time left for Ben Woodburn at Sheffield United, you'd hope, and he can still make his impact there. But even if it doesn't work for you there, um, you know, sometimes you just have to be the right person at the right time in the right place. And if all those three things, especially for a young player, aren't right, then it can be tricky. But you know, don't give up on Ben Woodburn. He's, um, you know, we all know he's a very talented lad. Indeed. A um, couple of other players I want to focus on in terms of loans before we move on to the to the teams who who were still at Kirby. The guys up at Rangers, Avila Jardia and Ryan Kent. Um, making an impact in different ways, really. Ryan Kent, as we'd expect, he's, he, I think he was playing with the month last year for Rangers. He's scored in flash goals and doing the things that we, those of us who've been watching Ryan Kent for years know he's capable of. 
It's a Jardy I'm sort of impressed with more in a way. He's the younger guy. He's gone up there. He's playing central midfield in Scotland, which, you know, all the cliches, but they're true, aren't they? It's, it's, it's tough up there. He's standing up. He's being counted. He was a hero in a nine-man kind of performance. And, and he'll, be, he'll be taking loads from this. And working with Stevie, of course, as well. Absolutely. And, and you know, of Jari, I always described him as an enigma, didn't I? Yeah. You know, he's a player who could be absolutely sensational one minute and terrible the next. But he's he's finding a greater consistency in his game. I think of Jari of 18 months ago couldn't have gone up to Rangers and, and, and did what he did because we, we saw him really develop physically but get stronger. Yeah. And as you say, the cliches about that Scottish League, you know, would a player, a touch feel, you know, classy skill player like Ajaria, would he be able to bring his best game to a league where there's a lot of physicality uh, to it? And we're seeing that he has been able to, and, you know, part of you say that nine men who got the hero's welcome back at the airport <laughs> after qualifying through the Europa League qualifiers. And, um, you know, the experience he'll be getting is sensational. And Ryan Kent, I mean, for so long, he was the player that all the other players at the academy used to put down as the, uh, you know, who's the best player at the academy, yeah. and they all used to put Ryan Kent down. And we didn't always see it on the pitch, you know. And you often got that with young players, especially wingers, don't always bring their best game. But he's doing it often enough, really impressing up there. I think sometimes, from what I'm, I'm hearing, is that they'd actually want even more from him because they can see he's got it within yeah. his game. But he's obviously scoring goals. And, and, you know, Stevie's doing pretty well up there, isn't he? And I think it's great for those two that they've got Stevie there because they'll, they'll be, you know, obviously aware of him. He's just... He's just a friendly face for them, isn't he? I'd imagine not always friendly. <laughs> but, but it's good to have that familiarity, isn't it? And um, they're doing great. And, um, you know, it, whatever you say about all these players that are out in loan, even if they don't end up in Liverpool's first team, they're enhancing their value and doing... And the, I always say the academy's got to wipe its face. It's got to produce football players yeah. who are playing. And if that if that then brings in, you know, five or ten million back into the academy to give Liverpool to pay for the academy for, you know, for a couple of years to bring a load more players through, and who knows is who's in that next crop. And it's not to say they won't get their chance, certainly not, uh, you know, next pre-season. And uh, we've all seen players take their chance and become names in, 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 in summers. Certainly have. Um... I mean, I mentioned the two teams here at the academy. It's sort of free now, isn't it, with this under-19s kind of hybrid that plays in the in, in the Champions League um, kind of... The UEFA Youth League team, that's, yeah. that, that's the one, yeah. Thanks, Andy. And so mixed mixed fortunes, I think it's fair to say. Um, 23 is struggling a little bit. We always say on these shows that it's a tough team to manage. You never know who you're going to get week in, week out. Um, obviously, one week he was... You know, the Quitch the, gets um, Solanke and Origi up front which, and, and then gets a good win. And then the next week, it's it's back to kind of 18, 19-year-olds who, who haven't made first-team appearances. And so it's a, it's a tough... It's a tough team to manage isn't it and they have struggled a little bit this season they have I mean they started the season by playing well but not getting results and then they've got into a little bit of a patch where they weren't playing I mean it's just you can sum up the 23s by the fact that they lost 4-0 heavily at Arsenal and then went and won 3-1 uh, at Chelsea you know that's the sort of team they are they're up and down lots of the players are all there for different reasons some are yeah. playing for loans some have come up from the 18 some are first teamers like Markovic who's been dropped into there so you have different players for different reasons it's very difficult to get a coherent stream to that team uh, and that's probably why you know we've always been a little bit more excited by the 18s and, and as you say in the UEFA Youth League the 19s who perhaps are a lower team where every you know every one of them is a player that that the, 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 the club still feel 
definitely can go on and be you know a Liverpool first team player and uh, they've had a really you know the 18s with the new manager Barry Luters yeah he's doing well doing great he's one point off the top just Everton on the top Liverpool's uh, second and um, um, you know everyone should uh, get down to Kirby November the 1st 7 o'clock Thursday night the two teams meet so that's Brilliant. only about 10 days away now isn't it a couple of weeks so um, you're, and there's a nice new stand for everyone to sit in in Kirby so oh is that to, right? yeah nice new stand so you don't even have to you know don't have to stand up and uh it's yeah, I'd encourage anyone to go down. It's fr- completely free. If you've got your kids and, and you like the Reds and you're not taking them along there, you know, it's a no brainer. Get yeah. yourself down there. So that's Thursday, the 1st of November. Get down for that game. But they're doing great. Uh, really exciting front two in, in Powell Glatzel and Bobby Duncan, who we a pinch from Man City. Yeah. Uh, and they're doing really well. Stevie Gerrard's cousin, isn't he? Stevie G's cousin, um, a lad who always wanted to play for Liverpool and sort of gave up about six months to a year of his career to uh, decide not to sign a contract at Man City because he wanted to come to Liverpool and uh, scored eight eight goals to start the season. Glatzel, I think, is on seven. And they're really tearing it up at uh, the front two. And, uh, and some excellent players coming in behind. You always have... Um, you know the sort of second year scholars are in their second years of playing for the 18s the likes of uh, Tom Clayton and Reese Williams who are the two centre halves normally you know they're in their second season and we can see their progression uh, and then you've got young lads who are just starting to come into the team in their first year uh, and they're the ones that you sort of uh, have a look at and see see what they can bring to the team we've got some interesting ones like Jake Kane and uh, a lad, uh, Jack Wells, who's playing right back. Um, both of them are you know, very early stages, but are showing promising signs. And it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes for them. But um, yeah, I'd encourage anyone to get along uh, to, to Kirby. Or 23s used to play at Prenton Park, but it's been a bit hit and miss sometimes to play at the academy now. So um, And uh, yeah, get along and watch them. The, uh, the 23s play Derby uh, this, this weekend. Uh, on Sunday, I think, but uh, well worth popping uh, find out. I think it's that one will probably be at the academy, but worth checking. Yeah, you can always go on the official website. They've got all the fixtures there, and sometimes a bit later than you like where it, where it's being played, but it will always go up eventually. So do keep an eye on those. And do keep an eye on what we're doing as well uh, as AK's leading the ones to watch for us this this year and we're, we're, we're delighted he's doing more for us and yeah he's always got an all-star cast of people who watch a lot of youth football and so kind of get involved in that it's on our tour play subscription service but it's a, about once a month ones to watch we couldn't have a better team at the moment of people who are, who have got their eyes and and even Neil Jones is even mates with the manager yeah well yes yeah, as he revealed in our, in our latest uh, um, episode this week if you haven't checked that out it's got uh, Jonesy Glenn Price who's a regular with yeah. us from ESPN yeah. and uh, James Pierce uh, from yeah. the Echo uh, uh, one of my old buddies uh, uh, coming along so it was, a, it was a great cast superbly produced by the man John Gibbons <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep everyone in check yeah but as I say thanks to AK for, for coming in to do us a little bit on this but yeah do check out what we're doing uh, over on tour player for ones to watch but in the meantime cheers to Andy and yeah now I'm going to go do something else it's a beer 52 insert it's a beer 52 I've been long time supporters of the Anfield Rapper we appreciate that and I'm sure lots of you also appreciate getting a free crate of lager from them free case of craft beer could be yours you just have to pay the £2.95 postage if you go to beer52.com forward slash rap that's beer52.com forward slash rap um, it is a subscription service it should be said so you are joining a subscription but you can cancel at any time and as we say the first case of beer is free you just pay the £2.95 subscription it's a different theme every month and this theme is Baltics the Baltic states I don't think I've ever had a Baltic beer before I'd be interested to try it if the nice people at Beer 52 want to send me some past um 
themes have included California, Norway, Belgium, Amsterdam, and a few others as well. So they send you eight beers in the post, all different ones. They also send you a 100-page ferment magazine as well. And you can also tailor your preference. So if you don't like dark beers, for example, or you don't like wheat beers, do you know wheat beers make Atkinson go mad? That's a little known fact. Have you ever seen Neil out in a bar? Do not buy him a wheat beer. It does uh, it does strange and unusual things to him. But um, but yeah, that might be you or that might not be. But yeah, get on to them and say your preferences. And they will, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll sort you out. They'll tailor it to you. So, yeah, it's a really good service. I know a lot of you have enjoyed it. I know a lot of you have stayed with Beer 52, and I'm sure that the guys at Beer 52 do appreciate that. As I say, they've been long-time supporters from the Anfield Wrap and rated 9.2 on Trustpilot, it says here as well. So, yeah, not just people who listen to the Anfield Wrap, but everyone enjoying it um, around the world. The terms and conditions are it is one per household. It is new customers only. So if you took advantage of this before, um, you can't do it again. And it is a monthly subscription, as we say, but there is no minimum commitment. So if you just want to get your free case, and then that's enough for you. You can cancel at any time, and it is relatively easy to cancel, I'm told. But if you enjoy it and you want to stick with them, uh, I'm sure they'll appreciate that, and you'll get eight great beers delivered to your door every week. Can't be bad. So yeah, it's beer52.com forward slash rap. Um, and thanks again for Beer52 for their continuous support of the Unfield Rap. And we're back in the room. We're back with Kevin O'Neill with Kevin Walsh and with Paul Senior looking ahead to the Huddersfield game. Kev, um, it's an interesting one in that just before the international break, um, Klopp talked about the formation and the fact that he's been going very 4 3 3 but he might, he might start experimenting with different things. We did see more of that last year than... Then we have certainly this year, he had a little go of three at the back a couple of times. But also, I think the the four four two that we saw, certainly away at West Ham and a couple of other times as well, with two kind of deep-lying midfielders are then more kind of, it's more of attacking formation with, with then what you're allowed to do. And I wonder whether he's got an eye on that, especially in terms of the idea of getting Shakiri into the team more, which I think a lot of us would like to see. And also maybe being able to play two up front with, with, with storage and Firmino or storage and AN, although it's an opportunity for Solanke as well. Are you expecting him to experiment more in these games, What both in terms of formation and also rotation? I think rotation, yes, but f- I, I think the away one, not necessarily as much with the formation. I think we'd probably stick with the tried and tested a little bit, unless we can get a, a, maybe a goal or two, and then you can you can sort of change it now. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Cardiff game, he did make the, the changes and maybe went 4-1, Two, three type with two very much two of the midfielders very much being attacking midfielders and maybe a Fabinho sitting deep or asking Wayne Alden to do it. He's mm. what that two, <coughs> two eights before, yeah. hasn't he? Where where it's like I'm just going to let Henderson hold, pass it round a bit. Yeah, and it's a bit Man City that, isn't it? Very yeah. much so. Yeah, I mean the Wayne Alden. Goal is a bit of an eye-opener, isn't it? I mean, maybe eye-opener is the wrong word because the, the goal he scores for Holland, I mean, against Germany, because mm. it's not like. We haven't seen it before, but we haven't seen much of it this season. It's been playing a bit withdrawn. Do you think that might be a bit of encouragement for Jürgen to to use him in a slightly more attacking sense, especially if we're going to stick with four three three, and especially if you know we're not sure that about Kaiser's availability and 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 Lallana not quite ready yet. I think I've got this weird theory in my head that if you're a number ten, Klopp sees you as a number eight, yeah. and if you're not, if you're the number eight, he'll see you as a number six. You know, he's almost dropping you down a notch a little bit. I think. And with with Wijnaldum, the Newcastle genie Wijnaldum mm. was get. I think he got ten goals in the year. Didn't yeah, he? all at home, but still got. 10. Well, yeah, still got yeah. ten. And you know, you, you see him for Liverpool, and you, sometimes you think he couldn't hit a band all. Yeah. I, I mean that in the in the nicest way. You know that I think he's a great football, and he keeps the ball moving. He's very Dutch, and how how technically gifted he is. But 
Yeah, sometimes I go, how did you manage to score 10 goals? Because <laughs> he scored a hat-trick in one game as well, didn't yeah. he? So, didn't he score a hat-trick against Liverpool? No, he scored against Liverpool. I think he got two. Twice, yeah. Yeah, he got two, didn't he? But, but my point being is, like, you, you see him playing in, in just a different position for, for Holland. You go, well, actually, Joe, what if we're, if we're ever in that break glass moment or mm. if we ever need to mix it up a little bit? These lads are versatile. We shouldn't, we shouldn't sort of pigeonhole them maybe as much as we do. So, I, I think... I, I'm quite happy seeing Genie in the number six because I think for us, especially in games like this, when you go into um, teams that you should be putting on attacking performances against, he's got all the attributes of an attacking player but can do the job of a more defensive role. So for me, I, I would leave him. I, I've really quite enjoyed his performances in that sort of whole midfield player. I would, I would consider maybe dropping Henderson out for this one, maybe going, getting Shaqiri in the side, really... Really overloading. Um, Huddersfield at the weekend are just absolutely going for the throat. Maybe trying to get four or five proper attacking players on the pitch. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shying away from storage. I wouldn't be shying away from security. But if you can make a way of that work and where you can get Mane, Salah, um, Firmino, storage, and potentially even a Shakiri in that side, then I, I would absolutely go for it. A lot of attacking lads. Storage is a. Um... A good option for him now, isn't he, Kiva? He's been announced today. He's the standard charter player of the month, uh, which I'm sure is a big honour for him. But it is it is quite a switch around, though, isn't it? If you're thinking in the summer, I think a lot of us would have sold him if, it, if a decent offer came in. And now, albeit, um, you know, in a, in a slightly disappointing month for Liverpool, for Liverpool compared to the, the one before, he's, he's he's the one who's who's got the goals, who's got the big moments and has got the play of the month. He's also had two weeks... You know, training with Adam Lewis and having a, having a nice time. You know, probably had a few days break and things like that. And bearing in mind the travelling that other players have done, you know, the likes of Firmino coming back, he's he's got to be a really good option in this game, hasn't he? He's got a great Instagram game, by the way. I okay. think he's my favourite sort of international break. He's not not featured for England, which I, I never want. To the seat. Yeah, he was everywhere, Paris. just nice. looking cool, stylish guy, isn't he? Um, I never want to see him play for England again because it's like this bad luck thing where. If but, he would have went, he would have got injured or... Honestly, though, based on what these footballers seem to do who don't go, like, I'd retire at 21. Yeah, I think. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get, get, either get like booed... Stephen Island. Get, <laughs> get booed at Wembley. Oh, honestly, like, they're just, they're just kind of, like, living... And it's always, like, straight away as well. It's like, you know, we we play on the Saturday and then by Sunday they're in Miami or something. You're like, how have they managed that? But anyway, private jets, John. Yeah, it, it is mad when <laughs> you think player of the month and you just kind of, like, he's been all player of the season other than, I think, Ginny Wijnaldum has been... He's been my best player this season, just... I love Ginny and his goal against Germany was the best goal I think he's ever scored it just looked like a different player and maybe the player that we'll start seeing which can only be a good thing certainly a confident one as well yeah. and that, that, that that's the main thing for me so sometimes these international breaks are really bad because they kill momentum but actually in, in Wijnaldum's case you imagine he's, was that his 50th cap as well I think him, him and yeah. Ryan Babble both got 50th caps Ryan at the Babble, same time, time a bit mad. madly but um yeah, for for him, you imagine a goal against against Germany against you know one of the best international sides. He's gone and really put an account of himself. That that for me in the side that was maybe starting to lack a little bit of confidence. It could re regather that, and he can come back to Liverpool sort of united. I mean, for storage, Kev, um, these games are sort of an ideal for him in a way, aren't they? I understand your your points about about respecting opposition, not just presuming you're going to batter someone, but. Just in terms of how the games are likely to go in the in the in the, the games we've had previously, 
you know, there's it, it's been tough opposition. It's been around 50-50 possession. There's been a lot of, you know, having to defend from the front and things like that and run channels when you're not necessarily getting... And all the stuff for me, for me, you know, it's good at basically. But for these games, you know, Huddersfield on Saturday, you know, you'd expect us to have 65% possession, something around there. We're going to have a lot of the ball. We're get, they're going to be defending quite deep, even though they're the home side a lot of the game. Games like that where you just you need a bit of magic around the box or something like that. These these could be the ones that maybe Klopp always had his eye on for storage. No, definitely. They're, they're the, as you say, they're the deep-lying teams, especially away from home, could be ideal for storage because it's a little bit less pressure on being around field, isn't it? Whereas if he's away from home, they've got to, eventually they've got to come out a little bit. It's never as deep a block as it away from home as yeah. it is at home that we receive. So if he can get in there and do the damage there and then maybe play him against Cardiff, great. But I, what I would say is I think Klopp knows now that to get the best out of him and in reality to get anything out of him he's got to be used almost surgically do you know what I mean it's got to be a plan of you can play this many minutes in that game and you'll play this many minutes in the following game I think with, with Sturridge it's important not to get carried away because he's a brilliant footballer absolutely unreal finish and if he was top of his game he'd play every week for us which is mad to say with the people we've got yeah. but he's not at the top of his game and his body does let him down occasionally so I think to get anything out of him you need to get everything out of him if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You can't. There's no. There's no half measures with him. You can't just say, "Well, you're doing all right. Stay on there." I think it's a case of give him 65 minutes or whatever it is, and then you're going to be coming off. So you know you've got your time to do what you need to do, or you're going on at a certain point. I think that'll make a lot of difference for him. A couple of goals in these games again. No, we'll, we'll have everyone clamouring for him to start. I'm probably rightly so, but I think that's where the manager earns his coin by being more realistic than optimistic, if, if you will. I mean, it's it's a nice it's a nice thing to be in, isn't it? You know, I, I think if you're truly honest with yourself, you've probably not been able to think about Daniel Sturridge as a real option for the Pilsen's probably 15, 16. Yeah. And, and for him now to be someone where, you know, despite going on loan to West Brom and sort of not being involved in that Champions League final run and stuff like that, for him to now be sort of back at the top table, it's a nice story for Daniel because he's been so let down by his body. He's had so much ability. And for him now to have... I don't. I don't necessarily think he's seen the light in a way, but almost seen what he was missing a little bit, and to have joined back in the group. Really, put, it looks like he's really putting the effort back in. I think it's a nice story, and it's it sort of credit to him for for getting back to this position, especially with his body, because I think I think some people would have just given up on it. Okay, I'm going to ask you. Collectively to pick a team, we're going to go four three three. I've I've been convinced by Kevin that he'll do that in this game, so I'm not playing a uh, Paul Senior's old school two three five. Yeah, but uh, Christmas tree. maybe. <laughs> but wait, maybe next week, mate. You know what I mean? When when Klopp has me off, uh, we'll maybe go for that. So uh, I presume we'll pick an Allison in goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I would imagine he'll go back to Trent at right back and and the the, the back four that he's picked most. Is anyone dissenting? I'd say so. I that you could. Van Dyke, I think, is, is fit, and yeah, even yeah. if he's only half fit, he'd probably still play. Yeah. Well, that's another good game, but um... I, I, I'm not sure. Okay, oh, Spanner, early just, Spanner. Just, here we go. Just, just I, I, I've still in my own head, and I've sort of took pelters for this on Twitter a little bit. Think, think that Van Dyke and Lovren might be his first choice centre half partnership. At. So I'm not completely convinced that it just goes back to type. But I mean, if there's any doubts around Van Dyke, I think if you need to give him. Any game off this might be one that you could actually go Lovren and Gomez, or I, I don't know, I don't know what he's going to do, but I, I wouldn't just be ruling Lovren. I just, I don't think that was just a cameo he's put in the other day. I think that because it's Manchester City, by yeah, the way, of you course, know, it's, yeah. it's the biggest game of the season, and he's he's chose to go with Lovren. So why wouldn't he choose to go with Lovren in the Huddersfield? That I'm, I'm not saying that it won't revert back to type, yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised 
if he just went with what he went with last time. No, fair shout. When you first said that, I thought it was ridiculous, but you told, you told me yeah, I'm, I'm it does make a bit of sense. Come on, let's get his name on the back of my shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, yeah. So we're not sure then. We're not sure. Um, yeah, Andy Robbo. Um, so uh, kind of, if we're going for the midfield three then, and I guess we're presuming that Kaita kind of won't be ready, um, he, he seems to have... Favoured without them, Henderson, Milner, and Wijnaldum is the three. We've we talked about the possibility of Wijnaldum being in a more kind of attacking midfielder. Are we expecting to see them? Do you think there might be a, a Fabino one? Would you wait for maybe Red Star away? Milner definitely fit. No, so we, I'd say you go for Henderson, Wijnaldum, and maybe have a Shakiri. Yeah, if you, if you are looking as Paul said before to try and get a little bit more of a, an attacking feel to it, maybe play Henderson and Wijnaldum a little bit deeper. Tell Henderson to sit in in the the number six role, Wijnaldum a little bit more freedom, but play the game if you need to, and then Shakiri to back up the front three effectively. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that as well. I think um, was it what was it was the Southampton at home? He did something similar. Yeah, yeah, and I think the the only the only one for me is whether whether Fabinho does get his start. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was just the three you He's, spoke about. There. It's always a long sort of for the Brazilian players. Obviously, they. Do, I don't know what. Long flight. Yeah, he plays so, Argentina. Didn't he? In the so, Super Cup. What is it called? Or something? Super Classic. Won one like nil, that. didn't he? So yeah, he might have done that. His bit of traveling might rule yeah. him out there. I, I think you're going to see a bit of Fabinho in these next three. I think. I think if you don't red, see him, then maybe, when are you going to see him? Maybe not this one. I think the Red Star games are this year. That'll be his bread and butter. I think you, you, you can put him into a Champions League game and have a. He's got more of an idea what's going on. I'm not, sure, <clears throat> exactly. I'm not sure you drop him into a game against Huddersfield and say, yeah, I'll just crack on there for us. It, it feels a bit like throwing him to the wolves a little bit. You know what I mean? it's, a, it's, a, it's not something he's experienced before, effectively, is it? So Shakiri Henderson, Wijnaldum? I'd go for that's what I'd go for. Yeah. Okay, and from three, I mean, Mane's got a broken form. Salah's black injury, we've decided. Firmino, a little bit late back. We've talked about Daniel Storage. Uh, I mean, it's good options. Yeah, it wouldn't be a big And Solanke scored against someone rubbish as well. I think he's drunk, John. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we'll be seeing Solanke. And I'm, I'm, I'm just can't wait for John Zarigi shouts. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he existed until Everton got linked with him today. What, Everton are linked with him? Yeah. He's meant to be going in January. Everton and the new low. <laughs> wow. Let him. I'd be made up if he signs for them. Shut up, you know. Oh, you're going. No, don't. I'm not one for tempting fate with stuff like that. <laughs> no, but any three out of those from four, I, I wouldn't be disappointed with any any run of it. And I, I don't know if the front three, as it's been, like the main the main men, if you will, feel like they could do it. Maybe just a little bit of a, I don't know if it's a, a little bit of a shake up or a little bit of a, a kick up the ass, basically, that they need to not pull the fingers out, but yeah, let's get a kick of a run going and storage is the man in form, so we wouldn't be a massive surprise I to see if that's... throw Shaqiri up there instead of Shaqiri storage. I think if Kaita's fit, that, that would have been something I'd have considered. Mm. I just think, Ka- I think Kaita's almost ruled that out. The only one I, I would I would consider is, is whether the storage comes in for Firmino in sort of a natural sort of swap. Um, as you say, Firmino's been in Brazil all week. There's, I wouldn't say there's a, a pressing need to put Firmino in. My only thing would be is I'd want them three together to start clicking. And if if you see this opportunity, if you think that way, and I don't know if the managers just think that way, but if you see this as an opportunity for them to maybe get a few more chances, maybe get that rhythm going a bit, then I would try my best to get the three of them in this game. Okay. And um, we all going to all think we're going to win? Yeah. You yeah. can't nod, it's a podcast, Kiva. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you're on, you're on, of course you're on we're the gonna beach. Win. I know. I'm going on holiday tomorrow, so I'm just like, yeah, I'm already there. <laughs> have, you, have, you got, have you got mentally got a bar where you're going to watch it yet, or are you just going to like play by you? Um, yeah, no, I haven't got one yet, so. 
text in if you know where Kiva yeah. if you watch, watch the game we're not going to tell you where, where she's going like, so but, it's going to be really hard to text and there's no number to text in if, you, if you're struggling Twitter's, Twitter's yeah. normally good for stuff there'll like be an that. Irish bar somewhere won't there oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah they love it um, okay uh, we're going to finish there but just before we do uh, we don't normally do birthday shout outs because they're a bit wool but um, Kevin Brody who's been a massive help to us over when we've been over to America I know he's a huge advocate of, of, of support clubs over there and is involved in the San Francisco branch he turned 50 this week week um and i know he's turned loads of people onto the anfield app as well so thanks to kevin for that so happy birthday kevin all the best mates and hopefully we'll see you again soon happy um, birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday kev. Kev. Uh, but thanks to the other kev walsh paul senior and kiva o'neill and that's been the weekend neil's back next week sports social podcast network